filibuster receives sponsorship from the Ehrlich Law Office, Discrimination, Wage, and Litigation Solutions for Northern Virginia and the District of Columbia. They want you to know that your rights matter, you deserve to be free from harassment, and you deserve to work. They cover workplace discrimination and wage theft, non-competition and non-solicitation litigation, civil rights, takings and disability, and a lot more. For a free consultation, go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster. Guys, uh, after all of these these tiring games, including one last two two games in in the span of four hours stretch, that of course it's like running a marathon, and then you get across the finish line, and someone's like, "Guess what? Now you're running the 800 meters." Um, so after all of that, I went home. Uh, I was lingering in the parking lot uh, with a couple of other people who were like, "Well, if I go home, the season is kind of over because there are no more home games for anything," and but I finally did go home. I had my 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 food and everything, and I brought it in. I set my food down on the counter. I went and took my jacket off because it was cold. Uh, and I was like, well, I have to go to the bathroom real quick. And as I was trying to leave the bathroom, I backed into the towel rack. Um, and not just, like, gently, but, like, fully backing up like a wall wasn't there. Like, the wall that's been there, it's never moved. Um but backing into like the edge of the, the like the sharpest corner of the towel rack, like into like where your ribs become your back. Oh, um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I backed into it and it was just like bundled over, like d- like doubled over, but like you can't really reach that spot in a convenient way. Um, and I was like, this is how the season has to end: is with <laughs> uh, a literally a jab to the ribs that is my own fault. Um, your house stabbed you in the back. Yes. So you're saying your house hasn't been George Eastman? You haven't like cut your house and house in half, put both halves on rails, and like moved it uh, both ways to uh, uh, get yourself a uh, bigger entertaining space? I have not done that. I can confirm. I have not put yes. the house on rails. George, George Eastman of of Kodak fame. Yeah. In the 1920s, literally cut his house in half so he could have a bigger uh, a dance hall. I think there's a story that Questlove told on something about um, the only time as a famous, like since he's been a famous person, the only time he's been at another famous person's house and been truly blown away by something um, was he was at Will Smith's house and Will Smith was kind of giving him the tour and it was very normal for this sphere of wealthy person. Um, It was a very normal house and all of that. And they were going to like grab a drink and hang out. And it was like, and Will Smith was like, well, it's nice out. Let's go outside. And instead of guiding him to like a door to go out to the patio or something, he pulled the remote out and like typed in some button and the literally the wall of the house sunk into the floor. And then it was the outside. Um, And so it was literally a disappearing wall like a villain would have. Um, And he said that was the one and only time that he was like, oh, oh, it's like this. this. This is a thing you could do. Um, if you have Will Smith money, and I guess also are like, I want a wall that can sink into the floor, and I'll give you the money that it takes to make it happen. Give me my wall that sinks into the floor. I was going to say, you know, it's redistricting season, Jason. They're moving lines around on maps. Maybe they need to, you need to get the Maryland State Assembly to move your wall because it, it clearly is in the wrong uh, spot. 
I'll contact uh, my representative, my local representatives, uh, county uh, and town, and ask them to do something about this towel rack because, like, it does still like legit. It's it's Tuesday and it still kind of hurts. It's not gone yet. Um, Is the towel rack menacing you at this point? Well, now now I go in there and it's like I register it every single time. Uh, so at least I don't think I'm going to do this to myself again. I might do some other stupid thing, but this particular one, I don't think I'm going to do to myself. I hope. Hey, hey, welcome in. It's filibuster, the black and red United and Jason's house trying to kill him podcast. I'm Adam Taylor joined by Jason Anderson and Ben Bromley. We're all from black and where we cover DC United in the Washington spirit, one of whose seasons is still happening. This podcast is about the team whose season is not still happening because DC United finished the 2021 season one point below the playoff line, despite a two to one win over their three to one win rather over Toronto FC to end this season. We'll, we'll be talking about that tonight before we do though, Ben, what are you drinking? Uh, Johnny Walker red. It's a good, okay, good, good scotch. It's not as far as scotches go. It's not too expensive, uh, in, and it's got a good amount of smokiness uh, to it. Uh, not Lafrag, obviously, but uh, it's still got a good amount of smokiness to it. So, yeah. Ben, How about ben you, Jason? Had, well, I was going to ask Ben if he's been stalked by an actual Johnny Walker come to life, uh, as the characters in the book Kafka on the Shore are. are. Um, are you safe from Johnny Walker, the actual uh, man with a cane and a top hat on the label? As far as I know, I think it would take him a while to walk here. And so um, I think I'm good for now. Uh, but if you see him, please grab his cane from okay. him and just like get him right in the knees. This is so you're, you're Wait, is, is Johnny like Walker him. the snail? Well, see, I was going to say Ben is... No, no, no. Kafka on the shore, not metamorphosis. Yes. Uh, No, Ben is positing an It Follows scenario in which uh, Johnny Walker (laughs) will always be stalking him until he passes Johnny Walker on to somebody else. Um, Right. I was was referencing a TikTok meme. Oh, Oh, yes, I know that one. Our references are all over the place. We've got uh, (laughs) 100-year-old literature, (laughs) 7-year-old movies... uh, Kafka on the short when I was about, I want to say. What I was also going to say, if you meet Johnny Walker on the road, kill him. Okay. That's, uh, there you so go. Now, now I'm going with uh, Buddhist philosophy. <laughs> Johnny Walker, both the snail and Buddha. Buddha is trying to kill you. That's what we've come down on. This is a bad place. Jason, save us. What are you drinking? Uh, I'm not far from what Ben's drinking. I'm not drinking scotch, though. I'm just drinking uh, some Evan Williams on the rocks, uh, standard black label, um, because I was budgeting time to make a drink and then let that time completely dissolve. And then it was time to do the show. I was like, oh, I wasted 20 minutes just sitting here. So I poured the quickest thing I could. It's amazing how that happens. Uh, I am drinking apple cider. There's some bourbon in it. I think it's Woodford Reserve. Yeah, it's Woodford. There's also some Applejack in it to keep the apple flavor, like bring it up. Mm. Some cinnamon. It's tasty. I warmed it up. It's, it's a nice little beverage. November beverage. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy seasonal drinking. Uh, and hot apple cider is just generally pretty good. Uh, 
to the soccer, I suppose. As I said at, at the top, DC United's 2021 season is over. Uh, despite coasting to a 3-1 to win north of the border against Toronto FC, results elsewhere. And I'm looking at you, Nashville. Dirks. Uh, prevented the black and red from moving ahead Adam, of the playoff line into seventh place. I'm just going to interrupt your your whole styles here. Uh, are you are you dumping your cousin? Like, are you going to like no longer be cousins with Clay uh, because his team beefed it? I, I I don't think I can sever the blood ties between our mothers, who are sisters. Um, I Not with that I, attitude. I will retain him as a cousin and a podcast guest and a whole crew. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm, I'm going to be mad at him for a little while. And just the city of Nashville, the color of yellow as a concept, I am upset at. Hot, hot chicken. Yeah, uh, you know, let's not, not go too far. Oh, okay, ah, well, no, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say all country music, but let's let's not go so far as to just be mad at hot chicken. Bluebirds, I'm, I'm, I'm are, are on my list right now. Oh no, Bluebirds rock. I can't, I can't do that to Bluebirds. What about the Bluebird Cafe? We can be mad at that at least, right? I've never heard of it. It's a famous music cafe in Nashville. Anyway. Uh, You're in the pocket of big Nashville Nashville's, if you know that much about Nashville. It was literally on a series the Foo Fighters did on, on HBO. Like, no. Never heard of them. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, Nashville's failure prevented the black and red from moving above the playoff line into seventh place in the year on 47 points, one behind the Red Bulls of all teams for the final playoff spot. Um, we'll put the season to bed uh, in the coming weeks. I wanted to start talking about the actual game in Toronto, though, which was pretty good. It was not bad. DC United took care of business. They, they did their part of the equation, which was a a bit of a reversal from last year in 2020, when the team was awful all year, um, got all the results they could have wanted and needed to make the playoffs on the last day and like a month went by. Yeah. That allowed that to even be the case. Yeah. And this was exactly where, where when DC United stumbled a little bit, everyone else moved up. It was, it was rough. Um, but when DC United did take care of business on decision day, it wasn't quite enough because of those, those stumbles earlier in the year, uh, on this game in Toronto, Ola Kamara in particular had, I think a really strong showing scoring a brace and being just generally active. He had a, hit the crossbar in the fourth minute. He had, uh, forced two great saves, uh, later in the first half and then won the penalty, converted the penalty and had Aussie spicy second goal there back julian gressel's driven shot off of a really nice uh training ground ground set piece but i was i was really happy to see ola not just get on the score sheet for the first time games but to have a really strong night elsewhere as well yeah it was it was uh i mean i i don't think dc was going to win the game without him uh playing very well um and you know he came through i i think the whole team really um, I was impressed with the fact that they just they didn't do that thing where you know that it's not completely in your hands, but you still kind of get hung up on, oh, what's what's going on in this game? What's going on in that game? And you're not focused on the task at hand. 
So they compartmentalized all that stuff and said, let's go win this game because that's the only thing that we can do. It's the only thing left for us to do. So let's go win it. Um, and and so they did. They're better than Toronto FC. Um, and they showed it. They they showed it from the start. And even when you know they had a, a letdown on that goal, um, Richie Larea's goal was not a good one to give up collectively. But instead of letting that derail them, it could have. And other teams probably would have lost their way. BC just went right back to work. Um, there was no real change in mood or um, heads hanging. And within, what, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, uh, they were um, uh, back back in front. And then they made it 3-1 very quickly after that. Um, and that is, that is what you're supposed to do when you're the better team um, and you're fully focused. And, you know, the second half kind of went by. Uh, TFC kind of accepted more or less that they were done for. Um, that their season is over and that some of them are, you know, am I going to be here and not next year? I don't know, but I don't, I, I know this season's over. Um, Justin and, Morrow was just going around enjoying his final time on yeah. a soccer field as a professional player. And, yeah, we, you know, shouts to him, kudos yeah, to definitely. him on a fantastic legendary career in MLS, one of the great left backs in league history. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but definitely. it was, it was clear that they just were playing out the string in the second yeah, half. They, they kind of, they, they knew that their goose was cooked. And and DC switched up to that four four two look that we got to see at the end there. Um, partially, I'm sure, to protect Andy Nahar, um, mm-hmm. since you know he is apparently, according to reports online, uh, not going to join up with Honduras in this upcoming. Because there's, a, of course, there's more international windows. Um, we'll never stop. Uh, there's always uh, the arrow points up for internationals even more than it close. Yes. Um, but yeah. So go ahead, Ben. Oh, I was just going to say, like, I made a joke about this on Twitter, but I, pro- I probably should write this article someday, but just about how, like, the the November international break is the bane of MLS playoffs, just at, all the time, every year for the past decade plus. It just somehow always uh, uh, conspires to just suck any momentum out of MLS's playoff uh, uh, abilities. Well, it won't next year because the World Cup starts in November. Hooray! Adam, don't remind me. That, <laughs> Great. Why, why'd you have to? Why'd you have to bring it even downer? <laughs> That's what I do here, Ben. Uh, but yeah, the the you know we should just kick uh, Jason. We should just kick Adam back off and and just go back on our get back on our house rails of uh, of uh, a you and me podcast and. Are you saying that we need to find a way to get Johnny Walker to go to Adam's house instead? Uh, it might be. Yeah. <laughs> well, Adam, well, watch out, I guess, for Johnny Walker uh, in corporeal form. If I hear a man walking down the street in a cane, I will run the other direction. <laughs> what if? Yeah. What if he moves into Ben Olsen's old house? That's like nine blocks away from here. It's fine. Yeah, you know, Nahar required that protection, uh, I guess, of of an injury sub. Also, it's 3-1 at that point. There's not really um, a ton gained by risking him any further. Um, so, you know, my experience watching this game being uh, in, in Audi Field uh, for the Spirits game, I was allowed in so that I could sit and watch this game uh, rather than having to, like, pull it up on my phone standing outside. Um or what have you, it still ended up being a rocky experience. I'm sure a lot of our listeners had the same problem where the 
site, the, the team site streaming was an issue um, that I was having yep. from inside, literally inside the stadium where I could actually hear Moises Linares, his goal call, um, but I couldn't access the stream for the first five minutes. Um, but yeah, the, the experience really was at, at that point, or maybe a 75th minute really just became about watching the Nashville game as much as the DC game, because that's where, you know, yeah. Orlando's goal had come. Uh, so I believe the time frame was that they were up one, nothing. And so it really was just, can Nashville score a goal? Um, and they created some chances. Um, I'll say that uh, while, while DC's game did not really have much else going on, uh, I think both of the teams accepted that three one was the final score, and that was that. You're like, this um, is fair. This is a fair yeah, result. Every, everyone agreed that there was not much, too much more to be done. There were a few little low, low key shots. I think, um, you know, Kamara had that bid at the end for a hat trick. That you know, when he, he actually passed hat- up a couple of opportunities for the hat yes. trick to try to set up teammates i was like no you can win the golden well, boot dude what if he, he maybe he was trying to win it on the assist tiebreaker um <laughs> instead of scoring one goal i will get yes, three assists i'm gonna get three assists and pass Tati castellanos i'll show him <laughs> um yeah he, he had that one last look that wasn't like a glorious opportunity it's like a 10 percent xg chance it's not that big of a deal um but yeah uh Unfortunately for us, uh, Nashville's proclivity for home draws uh, continued uh, unabated uh, because they'll never lose at home, but they'll definitely draw some games. And uh, we're talking about the end of the season rather than getting one more game, uh, which it would have been nice. It wouldn't have been at home, obviously. It would have been seventh. Uh, So how would that have ended up? I'm not even sure who they would have played. At Philly. Um, Oh, at Philly. So It would have been at Philadelphia. So that's an easy road trip. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, them's the breaks, you know, DC had so many bad breaks this year in terms of luck. Adam, you were just talking about some of that uh, earlier. And um, when you have a season like that, you have to expect that the last thing that's going to happen is not going to be all of a sudden you get all the luck in the world. And, you know, uh, it's, it's frustrating. It's also, I wonder how much this team had left in the tank to play, good teams because tfc is not good as as i said um that's a team that rolls over and dies and dc pushed them over so they could get to rolling um and the other teams (laughs) in the east for their flaws uh don't just roll over and die and we saw this with the columbus game where dc gave their mightiest push for like 15 minutes there and got a lead and then it was like wow that's that one push was all we had um and against TFC, yeah. that's enough. But in the playoffs, it might not have been enough. The playoffs wouldn't have been like the fourth game in six days, though. Sure, that that is which, that is true. And we saw we that saw was Julian Gressel looking, um, you know, going from that Columbus game where he could barely get off the field from just sheer the volume of minutes he's had to play to getting some assists, making team of the week, looking uh, yeah like Julian Gressel again. Exactly. He was he was jumping passing lanes and starting the break, which is his his anticipation on the defensive side from that wing back spot is is really phenomenal. And his he's got the burst to to actually make those interceptions and control the ball and get forward quickly with it, which is a huge, huge asset for D.C. United on top of the set piece delivery and his crossing from open space. Um, it's it's great to see. Like you said, uh, Gressel joined Ola Kamara on the team of the week. Uh, Weirdly, Ola Kamara was 
on the Twitter voting for player of the week, but not in the first 11 for team of the week. While Gressel was in the first 11. What are you going to do? Yeah. I don't understand how this, how the voting, um, Let's not talk about voting because then I'm going to get mad about uh, uh, best 11 voting. Fair. Uh, looking at central midfield in this one, uh, Hernan Losada had two backups starting on decision day in the center of the park. Felipe and uh, Drew Skundrich were, were in the middle. It kind of, it's kind of emblematic of the team's injury situation down the stretch here. It's the the most important game. There's no games for two weeks after it. There's uh, you have a full week coming into it and neither of the first choice starters uh, and arguably the third choice for that spot in, in Moses Nyman are available. No Russell Knauss, no junior Moreno, no Nyman. Uh, so you're playing Felipe Andrew Scundrich and they did fine. Like there were some moments where they, you wanted them to do better, but I mean, three, one is three, one, right? Yeah. Uh, and you know, Felipe, uh, DC, as I tweeted from the site account during the game, DC went with the, the uh, very heavy emphasis on the possession is for nerds game plan. Um, yep. yes. They were, they were below uh, 40% possession for m- almost all of this game. They finished with 31.9% according to MLS's uh, data. They only completed two thirds of their passes, but there was an intention to it. There was, they were trying to, they knew Toronto was going to were going to play a higher line because they want to possess the ball. They want to be a team that does that still. And DC said, we're just going to play in behind over and over again. So we're going to take the chance that these home run balls might not all pay off because when they do pay off, they're going to result in big chances. And Felipe was kind of emblematic of that. He was breaking lines uh, quite a bit with his passing. He was, he was the guy who was very quick to, even before he received the ball, he already was picking out which direct ball he was going to be playing. Um, and Drew Skundrich's job in that a lot of times was being that trailing runner to follow those guys. So uh, a lot of thankless running for him and a lot of Felipe just like trying these through balls and saying, look, if I can just get this one just right, it's going to amount to something. And DC dominated the game without having to dominate the ball because they were constantly able to dictate the terms that the game was being played in, even with TFC playing out of uh, what really looked kind of 4-2-3-1. It was kind of not really a strict formation out of them because Pozuelo kind of just does what he wants. Um, but you had Bradley and Osorio um, in the middle. And then when they brought in uh, Noble Okello, uh, it, it was the same. They just moved Bradley back. But, you know, DC got a, this was once again, Losada getting a look at a team and saying like, if they're going to step high on us and they're not going to be super fast at the back, we're just going to play in behind them over and over again, because it's going to pan out. Um, and this is maybe a problem of TFCs is that they don't have an antidote to that. Um, we saw that you know, they had to make a halftime substitution and their substitution is to move Michael Bradley back to their defensive line, which doesn't solve the speed problem, and it also no. means a someone who isn't a defender is playing center back. Um, and he's played a lot of center back for them lately because they he, just they they're they're all injured. I mean, Kamar Lawrence has been playing center back for weeks because the, mm-hmm. of their injuries. He's not a center back. Um, they just don't have anyone. Um, so they're having a DC twenty twenty kind of year in a lot of ways. Um, and DC was really pretty ruthless about just saying like it doesn't matter if we don't have the ball, we're going to dictate how the game is played and TFC won't be comfortable with that. And TFC never really looked comfortable with it. Even, even when they scored their goal, 
Um, that was a series of DC errors that eventually became a, a, a decent shot that, um, you know, Lorea should be closed down. And also I think Hamid would like that one back. If, if uh, he took a look at that one again, I'm sure he's thinking I'm, that he could have gotten to it. I'm not convinced he's a hundred percent right now. Yeah, that's probably fair too. No, um, you know, that hamstring injury uh, in another part of the year probably means he's just not playing. Um, but yeah, the, you know, the, throughout the game, uh, that central midfield axis, um, just like the rest of the team, ever all over the field, it was like this. But yeah, they they managed to play the game that DC wanted them to play much more than TFC got to play the game that they wanted to play, and and it starts with that willingness to make those runs from Skundrich and that, that ability to get his head up and play the early ball from Felipe, which maybe DC needed. Um, there were some games earlier this season where maybe they could have used that, um, that level of aggression, um, especially on the road. And, and maybe it's one to file away for next year. Cause it's, it seems like Felipe was in often enough. I mean, we'll get to player uh, roster decisions. We've got a whole uh, winter in front of us, but yep. um, if, yeah. if, just basing on like how much Losada played Felipe this year and how often he put him into games. Um, it's, it's a, it's also just a look that DC doesn't have uh, unless Nyaman is at his best. And mm-hmm. it, it outside of the injury, we didn't see Nyaman play like he kind of tailed off before his injury. Um, so Felipe's place, I think is probably, it seems safe to me at this point. Um, and part of it is that he brings this different aspect to central midfield that the current squad does not have otherwise. Anything else on this game you guys want to hit? Uh, nothing in particular. I no. mean, D- TFC just didn't give much to didn't give much to think about out of DC. So we got this sort of kind of an easy one. I guess the one thing that comes to mind now that I'm looking at the lineup is that Heinz got the nod over Donovan Hines. And does that mean any, is that like good job recovering from injury? Let's give you one more game. Uh, Or is that a, like, you know, Pines's form hasn't been that great for a little while. And maybe it's an indicator of something. Heinz is on loan too. So there's like a lot playing into that one little question. Yeah. Speaking of Heinz Ike, he slotted into the middle of the back three. He wasn't Mm -hmm. playing on either side, which he started the year playing on that right side. and then kind of moved to the left when Briant was still healthy and playing in the center. And then obviously hindsight got hurt. Um, he did play some in the center of the back three, I think before he got hurt, but it was interesting to see Steve Birnbaum make way move out to the left, which I think makes sense for him. I think he's less comfortable on the ball. Um, yeah. And I, it, it was interesting to see hindsight move into that center part. It makes me think, I, I think it adds credence to the idea that, they're going to try to buy him from the team in Belgium, whose name I'm forgetting. Um, is it Centroiden? Is that who he played for? Who owns his contract? Uh, I can't remember. No, that's, no, that's, 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 that's uh, Chris Durkin. Durkin that's Chris Durkin's team, yeah. Cortre. Uh, Cortre. Cortre. It's, Even, it's that's a right. silent K. They're yes. not the first one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which K is silent? I'll never yeah. tell. Um, uh, yeah, I, that I think that lends credence to the idea that United. Oh yeah, they should definitely try and buy him. This is a team that needs to add defenders. Uh, yes, and so to let him go would then leave them more right. in need of defenders. Well, and especially yes. if, uh, and we'll eventually get into this too through the offseason. Like it seems unlikely that uh, Fred Briant is coming back. 
or if he is, oh, yeah. uh, it does not seem likely that they can rely on him for any uh, substantial amount of time. So, yes, they definitely need to add a bunch of defenders this offseason. Yeah. Uh, well, now that that offseason begins now, the long or not so long winter uh, is is upon us. Um, any big thoughts as we enter the first offseason of the Losada Rushton era? I mean, that's my main thought is just I, I'm interested to see uh, what they do as opposed to the Dave Casper Ben Olsen era for the past 10 years. Obviously, Casper is still there. Uh, so who knows uh, how much influence he's going to have. But I mean, yeah, this is going to be the first real window where Rushton and Losada are going to make their imprint through signings on this team. Uh, and I would think it's going to be a pretty, it's going to be a pretty busy off season. And I think uh, uh, people are going to be moving and they're going to be making, trying yeah. to make deals and uh, there's going to be a lot of people leaving and a lot of people coming in. So I think it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting one because obviously like, like I've said many times recently, like I feel like they need the, the team needed a step up in their uh, uh, second line players uh, down the stretch of the season. And so now is the time to evaluate who can do that and who uh, and where they need to bring in new players. Yeah. And they'll have, unlike last year where the way the roster was set up uh kind of made it difficult for DC to do very much um the mm-hmm. the contracts were long enough that a lot of guys were just around um moving players coming out of covid was also more difficult than it had been in the past so that combined to leave the roster almost the same uh there were there... I mean coming out of covid we were still very much sure. as it turned out in the midst so that yeah, made it yeah. even harder <laughs> Um, and, and so, you know, there weren't very many changes at all to, to the squad. Um, it looks this year like there is there are some players whose contract options are up or are um, literally will be out of contract. Um, and Losana has been up front about saying all essentially all year um, before the summer window, he was calling for he was hoping that they would make some additions. Um, he's said it again, uh, heading into the end of the season that he would like there to be the option to bring in some more players to, to spend some money to, to, um, show the ambition that he has cited with some of the other teams. Um, and that is, it's a pressure point. Like I, you don't hire him and you don't hire Lucy Rushton away from Atlanta without having some sort of backing behind that. Um, you don't hire them and say, okay, but we're going to do the, all the same stuff uh, financially that we were going to do before. But, uh, and Dave Casper gets to make all the decisions. Well, and, and, you know, Dave also had to operate uh, for years and years with like, okay, Dave, you can make these decisions, but there's no money. Good luck. Um, right. Yeah. Right. And so, but you, you don't bolster that group of decision makers and then say, but there's right, still exactly. no money. It's just, that's silly. Um, yeah. So, the freedom to make moves, you know, the international spots that some of them will be opening up um, as well. So they've got the ability to do something. Um, It's just a matter of, you know, how does that group actually work at talent ID? We don't really know because 
the offseason moves for last year were all stuff done before Lucy took the job. Uh, before some of it was done before Lozada took the job. Um, so some of it was like identifying guys like Tony Alfaro um, or Nigel Roberta, um, which is all well and good. Uh, those guys played some major minutes, and I think they have a place in, within the squad next year. Uh, but neither of them at this point looks like the player that's going to be stepping into a starting role and pushing the team to a higher level. And that's where DC, you know, really has to make some some moves here is, um, is there someone to bolster the attack? Is there someone to bolster the midfield? Um, Kevin Paredes, uh, there may be bids. Uh, are those bids going to be worth it for DC to allow him to go? Like they're, they're unlike last year where there weren't that many, it was kind of like, I wish there were more questions because the team was bad last year and they need more change. And there's just no room to make change this year. There's a lot more of a variable there. Um, and we don't have much of a track record to go on. What's that? 50 million is what (laughs) I'm going to accept for Kevin Paredes and not a penny less. So, so when clubs come, they have to, they have to sign off. They have to go to DC United and get the sign off. They also have to go to, Paredes and his people and get their sign off on contract terms, but they also need to come through to Ben um, and meet Ben's terms. Yeah. I mean, if they just want to pay me $50 million. uh, Third party ownership is back, baby. Ben, Ben, I'm sorry, but this. No, no, no. I have have no ownership. I just, I'm, I'm just a, I'll just use my uh, content creation powers. Uh, (laughs) Daddy will make you some content. And this is starting uh, to sound like an NFT scheme. Um, of some kind, yeah. Some, some sort of yeah, Jason. Plot. It does. So, but, yeah. but are you going to sell them? Are you going NFTs to sell them for a, player rights? An eight bit yeah, yeah, drawing I, of Kevin Paredes. No, I, yes, I'll sell. I'll sell them the blockchain representation of Kevin Paredes for uh, fifty million dollars, and then um, I'm and just, just hope no one right clicks on it and saves the image it, on their computer. It doesn't even have to be an image. It's just. A ledger. It's just a note. It says yeah, you it's own just a, a note thing. On the it's a token. But that. <laughs> yeah. But but it's not fun if, if there's not a, a a silly image that someone can steal. Uh, and then you're like, please well, don't well, Jason, steal my image, because well, I'm yeah, going Jason, to steal your image. Yeah, Jason, it, it isn't fun because it's non fungible. No, but it's going to be saved on my computer, Benjamin. <laughs> ben. <laughs> anyway, um. Going into this offseason, I think it's worth remembering that uh, this team wasn't just fun. They were actually legitimately good for long stretches of the year, despite the injuries, the luck, despite the uh, defensive errors that we saw that, you know, led to them massively underperforming their their goals against uh, expected goals. Um, they scored a lot of goals they were fun and good and if they they can figure out just a couple of things they could actually make a major leap next year mm-hmm. even with without major turnover with just moderate uh to medium turnover they can th- this team could be really really special next year and i'm excited to see what what happens this off season. and um i i think there are some very clear needs um for upgrades, but the foundation I think is really, really strong. Well, and I, I think it goes back to what Losada was saying uh, last season. I think they still need an upgrade on every line. I think they need a new forward. Uh, they need a new midfielder and they need a new defender. Uh, 
Yeah, I think that's right. Like uh, counting the wide attackers as forwards um, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the three four three. I think yeah, I think creativity, especially up front, some goal scoring from central midfield, and a lockdown ball playing center back, uh, basically. <laughs> Uh, we need more goals and and more quality everywhere and mobile. Um, yes, this this is a big aspect to every line of this is going to be whatever you're looking for. These are going to have to be players that are mobile. Like we think of Ariola or Paredes. Um, yes. Or not want level. Uh, right. uh, I mean, honestly, like want did about as well as you could expect for a player that, like Minnesota was like got in and then immediately was like, you were never going to play. Um, and then g- let him go for, uh, because they, they signed him, they spent seven figures to sign him. Um, right. He did, he did in the box, do the job. It's just outside the box. It's right, just but not, not mobile. Play. Yeah. Um, as if you could find a way to get him to stick around as a guy that is going to play 10 to 15 minutes in games that you are trailing, um, and you're kind of throwing the kitchen sink and it's like three, three, four is your formation, then uh, I would be into that. I don't think he's going to want to stick around for that. Um, but yeah, no. the the mobility side of this is going to be, I think, I imagine a point of emphasis uh, for every single player that comes in. Um, because if you're a pressing team, you have to have that quickness, um, that that speed of thought to get closer to the ball and anticipate things so that you're uh, in a position where you're not having to sprint 100% every single time. It's the combination of being able to run fast, but also being smart enough to not always have to run fast for every single thing, uh, because that it turns out is tiring. Um, so <laughs> uh, it'll be very interesting to see what, um, what kind of profile of player, you know, what are the benchmarks that this team is looking for when they're going into the market. Cause in the past, it's been kind of like, okay, we need a forward. Um, but it's not necessarily as specific as like, we need a forward who can do X, Y, and Z at a certain level. Um, because the, it's been kind of beggars can't be choosers with DC. Um, and they are building up a, uh, a talent acquisition side of things. It's not just Lucy Rushton that has come in. Um, and it's not just, um, one or two people doing talent looking, uh, looking for the talent. I mean, um, Ryan Martin has been posting from, uh, uh, some sort of tournament in Ivory coast already. Their season ended with Loudon. And he's already, um, looking for talent on that end of things. That's not something that you just do for no reason. That's like, we're funding this. We're putting money forward for you to go on this, this scouting trip. Um, and if that's for the Loudon side of things, then you have to imagine that there's more money being put towards more people, analyzing data being at games etc cetera, etc cetera. um so it, it's we're going to learn a lot this winter um about uh what losada's contacts uh amount to uh, how much they mean um what rushton's contacts amount to especially from not just her development in analytics but also her time with atlanta i'm sure she made some contacts that are kind of important when you see the kind of talent that atlanta can sign um yep. so it's promising, but we also, we really don't have much to judge it on because we haven't seen this group of people working together. We don't know what the, that formula is. We know that individually uh, it it seems like a lot of good parts, but we've seen DC teams on the field be good parts that don't add up to anything. And who knows? Um, you know, it also could all be undone if it's just like, 
well, there's still no money. We built a training facility instead, so good luck. If it's that, then yeah, you know, that's it's not going to be a lot of fun this winter. Yeah, I, I really hope that it is a fun winter, and I hope that the DC United content team is allowed to capture some of the the office moves that are happening because I would be interested to to see some of that. Um, unfortunately, that this does mean we are going to be saying goodbye to some players, um, probably in the very near future. Expect to start seeing signs of it um if not outright confirmations very very soon in fact there may have been one today um it's tuesday as we record this and joseph mora posted an instagram story um there was a black and white photo of him in front of the chico stand and a lot of people i think very reasonably given the context read it as a goodbye message and we're what one day after um chicago announced their moves um mm-hmm. so, so the team i mean granted chicago caught a bunch of heat for announcing some of their moves way in advance um that is what it's one of those weird things where on one hand people will yell at you for not doing right by players but then when you tell them so early that they've got one more game left everyone's like that's too early um well well and uh dc united is uh, the old dc united would typically wait until like the very last minute to announce any of right. these kinds of things. I mean, so Dave Casper is still if... the president of operations, so I would expect them to keep doing that. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, we'll, 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 we'll just, yeah, keep uh, trawling through players' social media and see if uh, new DC United uh, announces things a little earlier or not. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we also there is also that aspect of like a social media post might just mean like it was a good season. See you next year. Um, Cause it yeah. is like Adam said, it's just a photo. There's no words. There's no other context. It's not Yamil Assad taking a photo of his empty locker with the, I think the right. phrase was um, one step forward to, or one step back to take two steps forward. Um, that one is more of a clear sign that, you know, yeah. that, and you just see, you know, well, he's not in the uniform, not in uniform, even when the team is short. It was on game day. Yeah. It, was a, it wasn't um, just yeah. a random photo of his locker. That, that's a, that's a tell. Um, Mora's is a yeah. little more yeah. ambiguous. And of course we're at that time where we want to read super deep in everything. So who knows? Um, he is one of the players that uh, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, that we think um, are out of contract. His contract may be up. Uh, it's one of those where it's not 100% clear because, of course, MLS, it's it's often not 100% clear if the team doesn't state it outright. Um, but it's one of those where it, it appears to be more than likely. And then at that point, it's like, do you renegotiate when was he an ideal fit in the system? Probably not. No. Um, not enough going forward. Um, and also, other than maybe in a, in total – like 60 minutes of left center back sprinkled into the preseason and like one game somewhere in like the late spring, early summer. Um, clearly yeah. not. I mean, if you're not getting any minutes at left center back on this team this year as in more shoes, then it's probably the decision they made in training that it's like, we don't need to see this in a game to know that it's not going to work. Um, yeah. And at that point it becomes, maybe you do have to make a move. Um you know, it was telling that in that last game, that Columbus game, that it was Tony Alfaro getting a nod. Um, mm-hmm. And it was kind of unclear, you know, Losada just said his levels weren't at 100%. And that could mean, we talked about this, that could mean 
physically he wasn't at 100 or it could mean that his performances haven't been uh, up to standard and they wanted to make a change. So it's unclear. We're in that unclear moment uh, where DC's yeah. probably, you know, like you said, Adam, Casper probably going to take a little while before they announce because that's just how things right. have been done. I mean, I'm sure Joseph Moran knows what's happening because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's another. this thing. would have been the day, like the last yeah. two days are when they would have had those exit interviews to just the season ending they still train through the entire playoffs right because um, they've got and the, get the their CDA. off-season workloads and yeah and all that the team is not splitting up for the winter yet but the players who and then, aren't coming back are being told about that right now and the players who are coming and back then you are also being told we're exercising your option this is our plan for you and then you take your uh, winter tour to indonesia with all the players that you're not resigning for the next season yeah, or, not, or, not so um, much this year, thankfully. Or Bermuda, you play the Bermuda national team. Yes, uh, on a yeah. friendly that's on Facebook uh, and announced by. I really wish I could have gone to a that guy. A <laughs> <laughs> guy with his phone is just live streaming it. Right. Um, yeah, I I have not heard anything about DC having any confusing uh, postseason friendlies this year. So at least we don't have to tear our hair out in like. December 7th, trying to figure out how to watch them play who knows who in where, wherever you could imagine uh, the, the, you know, the top club in Mongolia for sponsor reasons uh, playing, <laughs> you know, a, a match in Morocco. Um, we don't, I mean, DC United is getting a new, they are getting a new presenting sponsor next year, new shirt sponsor. So oh. we, uh, who knows what's going to happen. It's, you know, it's, Report, it's the word is be... Lidos is out. It's going to be uh, Ben's NFT scheme is going to go so well that it's going to be literally just Ben. Ben's face on the front of the jerseys. (laughs) Photorealistic. No, no simplification. Full color photo representation. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like, like, I feel like if Mark Ein had, uh, if NFTs had existed when Mark Ein was trying to uh, sell uh, uh, land for the DC United stadium, he definitely would have, uh, uh, demanded an NFT of his face be on DC United's jerseys. That's not what an NFT is, though. Adam, an NFT is whatever uh, you want it to be. It's uh, that's true. That's a it's good just point. Adam, it's non-fungible. Right. Anything with the economy is what you want it to be <laughs> as long as you want it to be more than other parties wanted it to be the opposite. That's how money works now. Uh, anyway, three and a half months until DC United's next competitive match. Uh, six weeks less than that till till the preseason starts. I think the second week of January this year. The season opens February twenty sixth. Um, yeah, I, I just to briefly touch on the format of of the competition next year. It is, uh, I think, a lot friendlier to DC United and mortal human bodies, both. <laughs> Um, in that they're not jamming 34 games in two less than six months of playtime. They are instead doing it in a relatively normal uh, setup. It Season opens January 26th. I think it goes through the second week of October. Um, pause in for international breaks. And then the playoffs end early in November, around this time. Actually, I think MLS Cup may be one year from today uh, as we record this, November 9th, if I remember correctly. Um, and then the world cup will happen. But the, the big news Mm. I think for DC United is that no more than five midweek games will be on any team schedule. 
for the entire season. Uh, to put that Can into context, imagine? in the last in the last three months alone, DC United had six midweek games. They will have no more than five all of next season. That is, they huge had nine for they maximum had nine overdrive in total this past year. Six Adam, of them were in the last three months. It's yeah. unreal. Adam, did you hear about this interesting wrinkle that they've also thrown in uh, for next season? Uh, whichever team bids the most on an NFT of a wooden spoon gets to play four games against Cincinnati. Okay, That's, but you know how you know what's going to happen is that Cincinnati is going to buy the spoon and play themselves. <laughs> but then will they get zero points or three points, or do they have to take a draw in every game? They have to accept a draw, but they can only it's only one point. Uh, so I mean that would right. increase the, that would increase their PPG. That's true. Uh, this it's Yikes. still a good deal, and this is this is how they're going to convince them, like guys, well, it's also, still a good deal for you. And they they wouldn't be able to give up any goals. Oh, they'll give up goals. They'll still figure it out. Like, but well, because gold scored is the tiebreaker, they'll actually come out ahead on that. <laughs> it'll it'll help them out. Uh, so. Yeah, this is Cincinnati's scheme to get to get back into uh, the thick of things is uh, buying a, a wooden spoon NFT so they can play against themselves and get a series yep. of draws. It's a, a great plan. And on that I note, like I think we're done here. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to this nonsense. Um, find us at blackandredunited.com if you are crazy enough weird enough to support us financially do that at patreon.com slash filibuster we're not Find going us anywhere on Twitter. this off season we'll be here no we've we've got lots of things we got cake or death to do this off season we've got all the news that's going to happen this off season Adam, Adam, what, what series are you talking about uh cake or death it is the one we've been doing literally the entire time we've existed as a podcast oh you I, I don't think I we did it last off season. We didn't get to it last off season because it was weird. Last year uh, sucked. The, the only, uh, yeah. The, the only regularly occurring off season uh, series I can think of is Goat or Fox. Uh, that is a nonsensical about, combination of words that doesn't mean anything to anyone. There's definitely one about uh, goats and foxes. I know that for a fact. Anyway, you can find us on Twitter at Black and Red U for the site, at Filibuster DCU for the podcast. Send your emails to filibusterpodcast at gmail.com. Especially if you're, you know, uh, you know, you can send questions, comments, uh, diatribes, criticisms, but really we're we're most interested in advertising inquiries. I won't lie. We'll read and you know think about whatever you send, but we're really looking for those those ad dollars. So if you have an NFT you wanna offer for auction and pay us a commission no, we can talk no no, no don't if we're you not want to buy my that. nft uh we, we yeah anyway <laughs> thank you for for listening for jason and ben i'm adam we'll talk to you again real soon say goodbye jason nothing that was said on this podcast tonight was can constitute financial advice <laughs>